0: 1201, let's talk to our friend Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston as we do each and every Tuesday at noon. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew LaPrestia, Lender Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tommy Curran at 1 800 Get Hair. With us on the Harbor One hotline. Tommy, good afternoon. What's up? Oh, uh, look at you.
1: You sound like you're in such a good mood today.
2: Well, I mean, what are you going to do? Once you hit rock bottom, at least you know it can't get worse. Yeah. Uh, Well, I
1: thought that last week, though, Tommy. I thought it was like, that was the bottom. Now I feel like we're still digging.
2: (laughs) Keep digging. Put the (laughs) shovel down.
0: It's really, the, the one thing that I would not have had on the bingo card was that for as bad as it was in Dallas, that it would actually get worse, Tom. All three of us in some way, shape, or form whether it was playing and covering it or just covering this team, there have been very rare instances, Tommy, where it went from bad to worse under Bill Belichick, yet here we are. Where do you begin if you're walking in at 6 o'clock this morning and the team is assembled, Tommy? What do you say into these guys to try to turn this around?
2: I don't think there's anything you can really say that's going to change – anything at this point. There's nothing verbal that you can do, and I'm not even sure that there's anything philosophically or scheme-wise that you can do. I mean, the breakdowns that, you know, I know Christian was inflamed about and pointing out on social media yesterday. I mean, how do you fix a 13-yard sack on third and 11 right before halftime when neither, not one of the other, neither of your tackles perform a block that's clearly a, a, just a simple block, just, protect the quarterback, and neither one does that. So you can't say, okay, we're going to do this differently or we're not going to drop back on third and 11 and throw. There's there's nothing you can do. Players have to individually commit to the quote-unquote doing their job and decide whether or not they're willing to to do that at this point. I don't think it's Bill O'Brien. I do think it's the players that Bill Belichick has brought aboard, I certainly think it's Mac Jones exacerbating a bad situation with boneheaded moves when the poop is hitting the fan, but they just don't have good enough players. They just don't have good enough offensive players.
1: I'm with you, and I would point the figure, not the figure, the finger uh, number one at the roster after everything is said and done. So, I I guess I'll ask you this because it's been such a Max is just always going to be a debate. And what what's his ceiling? What's his floor? I feel like we're seeing his floor right now. So, do you think he's uh, he's a like a, a a competent NFL quarterback? Do you think that? Do you think he's a quarterback that you can win with?
2: Yep, I do. I think he could win with Mac Jones if he was surrounded by competency, and he's not. I don't know if Justin Fields would look better. I don't know if Brock Purdy would look better. I don't know if Tua would look better. I don't know if anyone would look better. We watched Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, surrounded in 2019 by less than players, and we saw how that season ended, two and four down the stretch, and people throwing dirt on the grave of Tom Brady with great you know, glee in some instances. That he couldn't do it anymore, and the Patriots should move on. And it wasn't Tom Brady then. Team started eight zero. He knew they didn't have enough artillery. He was just throwing James White and Julian Edelman every friggin' snap, and it only got worse from there. Um, and they finished two and four. And so you you could take anybody you wanted to and put them here, and it would look the same. So I think Mac Jones is a victim of circumstance. Does he make his circumstances worse? in some ways because he's dealing with a level of adversity that he's never seen, and he is the worst fit for a porous offensive line. Yeah, but I don't think that he is an inherently bad player.
0: Is there any chance they whiffed on bringing in Adrian Clem as the O-line coach?
2: Do we have to at least ask that question? Yeah, there's a chance. I don't know what magic wand he could wave to make Vidarian Lowe better or Riley Reef better um, necessarily. I mean, the, the right tackle position, staffing that is the job of the head coach. And Adrian Clem didn't decide to draft three guards and two kickers, as Colin Coward pointed out relative to Mac Jones um, yesterday on his radio show. Uh, so you can point at Adrian Clem why didn't he reach Trent Brown, who can be a pro bowl level tackle when engaged, who just got a raise and had a horrendous game on Sunday. They didn't get to the Isaiah win over the course of three years. So are they good players who are victimized by the coaches or are they not good players to begin with who are miscast? Because there was conversation about, you know, Isaiah win being miscast. And I did think Isaiah win was going to be a good player for them, but you know, Bill took a guard, wanted to play him a tackle, and it didn't work out. And he often says, "Hold my beer, watch this, watch what I do here," Mm -hmm. and it doesn't work out.
1: You know what? um, This was going to be my question for Gresh later on, so Gresh, don't answer it. You can ask (laughs) it again. Um, But I am curious to know because it's maybe it's a conspiracy theory, but I do feel like you know, just poking around on my own, that there could be some truth to it. I'm wondering how you feel about the Jacoby Myers signing with the Raiders and the, and the and the Patriots choosing Juju Smith-Schuster who they both have the same sort of contract they both have the same years uh, but one guy you have an intimate knowledge of a relationship was you brought him in you developed him you grew him into the player that he is you relied on him for so many years yet you allow him you allowed him to sign with the Raiders I'm curious if you think the patriots like especially bill like that was a personal decision like he's like holding a grudge against myers for possibly speaking out you know or having an issue with the way things went last year is there any part of you that believes in that
2: i think the greater likelihood is and there's yeah you could see that perhaps anybody who didn't buy into matt patricia and joe judge was excised from the roster, but Kendrick Bourne's still here. You know, Max's still here. Um, I think the greater likelihood is that Bill did what Bill does. Someone told me that when Wes Welker went from a three million dollar player to a franchise player making twelve million dollars, he said Bill loves him at nine million. Bill loves him at three million, he hates him at twelve. And I think that we've seen a tendency over the years for Bill to oftentimes have a player who develops and does an excellent job for him to feel as if, well, we kind of created this player. And in some cases he might be right. You know, Trey flowers didn't do anything at Detroit. He was injury plagued, but you know, he went on to, to an $80 million contract. Trent Brown didn't do anything with, with the Raiders and signed the richest contract in NFL history. And now he's back here um, for an offensive lineman at the time. So, but I think that we've also seen times where Bill, like take Nick Folk, for instance. Why do you move on from a player like that for, that, for an X factor when he was four or five from outside 50 yards? And That might not be a great example. He's an older kicker. But we have so frequently seen Bill have a wandering eye for players who played well against him at some point and look at the players that he has and say, that guy's not good enough. Nelson Aguilar had an unbelievable Super Bowl against the Patriots. He had he had a litany of history in the NFL as not being a competent pass catcher. And he wasn't when he was here. And he's not with, when he's down with the Ravens. He had a horrendous drop the other day. I think the more likely scenario with Myers is he's not really that good. He's good because we made him good. And I'll get this guy who looked pretty good against us when Pittsburgh had him or when we had joint practices against them, or who I just drool over from afar, and I'll bring him in and I'll make him even better. Dallas Thomas would be another good example going back a bit.
0: Uh, Tommy, defensively, no uh, Christian Gonzalez, no Matt Judon, uh, no real ability to stop the run. New Orleans ran on them way too easily. I know that there were picks and turnovers that went the other way. But the defense didn't exactly do their job the last two weeks. I'm curious for your thoughts on is this a defense in transition or if the offense can kind of, you know, look mediocre, the defense will sort of pick back up the way they played the first couple of weeks of the
2: season. Yeah, I think so I think the latter. Because when you look at it, they let up twenty four to Dallas and they let up twenty seven in a route. Against New Orleans, they got the team off the field. They don't make enough. <clears throat> excuse me. They don't make enough um, big plays. No turnovers. They don't turn you over the way they did last year, in any sense. And that's not going to get better with the lack of pass rush to create panic among quarterbacks to make bad throws. Um, so without Judon and without Gonzalez in the back end, it's going to make it harder for them to create those turnovers. But um, I do think the defense is good enough to get off the field. I just don't think that they're going to see a mediocre level of offense. And again, I swear to God, nine days ago, I was saying the Patriots were going to beat Dallas Hmm. 31-23. I'm just gobsmacked at how poorly they played. Because I'm I'm actually, I swear to God, I'm pretty good at being able to tell whether the team is good or not. Uh, I thought they'd be good enough. But I think the right tackle, failure. The left tackle, inconsistency. And some of the slippage in the middle of the offensive line is your root problem, and then it flows from there. Well, if not, they can't protect, who can you give the ball to? Well, nobody, because they don't have anybody who can make people miss. There's not enough time for the quarterback to run around and make, make a play. And when he does, something horrendous happens. So it's worst-case scenario that starts with the offensive line.
1: I'm with you, and nobody. It's just the offensive line; they're just it's just it's just not sexy enough. It's just not easy to kind of right. talk about. So they just focus on the the big names, and it's all and, Ramondre's and, fault. And, and I'll ask you, like, so, like, and even with that, Tom, it's like the whole slogan, like, nobody's coming to save us. Uh, you know, is is kooky as I thought it was. Like, it, it's true, but now that they took the day off on Monday, and I'm hearing there's reports that things are going to change, I wonder if that's going to be like, philosophy, you know, bodies, or, like, overall scheme on how they attack everything moving forward?
2: Yeah, do you just, do you turtle more as an offense and not put the ball in the air? Excuse me, I mean, think about this. I was talking to Phil Perry for my podcast, and he was like, you know, maybe maybe you can get into your bag and try more trick plays, be aggressive, be more more aggressive. And if you look at Sunday, a pseudo-trick play they ran in the fake tush-push, and they couldn't even complete a lateral. So I would I would be of a mind that if it's raining, slow down. Don't go faster in, in this downpour. So maybe the, I, I don't know where you go, because you don't have the players out there to make it easier, I think, unless you just you know, three yards in a cloud of dust every single snap and then punt it away. Well, a little bit has got to be
0: uh, stealing from the Charlie Weiss playbook as well, short and sideways in terms of throwing the ball. Christian had mentioned that earlier today. It's the easiest way to be able to try to get Uh the offense going. But as I see this morning, Tom, both Juju Smith-Schuster and Pop Douglas are in concussion protocol, but Tyquan Thornton is back. I mean, (laughs) this is going to sound weird, but... If Juju and Pop aren't available and it limits your options on the outside, I don't know, does it maybe make it easier to bump into something, as crazy as it sounds? I don't know, just a different group that forces you to do things differently. I mean, to your point, Tom, there there were struggles... No one saw the roof collapsing. In fact, Foya had a great analogy of, yeah, you know, like there'll be the party and all the kids are on the back deck and then the back deck caves in. That's kind of what happened the last two weeks with this offense.
2: <laughs> That's bleak.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, That's bleak. I mean, that is kind of where we're at right now. I mean, is, have you ever yep. seen a Patriot, I don't know, like as bleak as this? And I, I'm not going back to 2000
2: because the last time they were on No, don't, go back to 2000 because it wasn't even that bad then, because then you had Ty Law and Loyal boy and Teddy Bruschi, and you might've had Bruce Armstrong during that year. And you had a quarterback who had been to pro bowls and had thrown for 4,000 yards. And there was at least an idea that, well, on Sundays, you know, they can possibly score some points. Plus you had a new head coach who was implementing something. So there was optimism. It hasn't been this bad here since the 1990 through 92 period with Dick McPherson and, and Rod Russ. That's, that's, that's where they are right now. They're the worst team in football.
1: Hmm. Wow. Now, I'll just ask you this last question. Give it to me quick. Um, how uh, nervous should Bill be about his job?
2: I think it's trending towards them having to make a change in the off season. I wondered if it kept going the way it is with 30-point loss after 30-point loss, if there could be any kind of a change in-season, which as remote as that sounds, you would have to do something. But on the other hand, too, you couldn't make an in-season change with Bill, given that the entire team and coaching staff and personnel group is attached and affixed to him, you know, either directly as a blood relative or brought in by him and fostered by him. So it's not like moving on from Matt Eberflus or Ron Rivera. It's a lot more complicated. But I think certainly if it doesn't turn around in any significant manner, and even then, I would imagine that Robert Kraft has to figure that more likely than not we're going to have to make a change.
0: Boy, that's big because then you're clearing out the front office as well yeah maybe it's bleak,
2: it's or, or, bleak. Or maybe or maybe Bill says yeah kid you know you're right. I don't deserve to come back and then you can keep everybody in place but yeah. do you want to keep them all in place because they're part of the people who are bringing in these players it, it they're also them. they're telling you
0: it also feels like we might be eh, two to three weeks away from this being a real discussion. Like, there is the whole... Somebody called yesterday, Tommy, and was like, I got to get rid of Bill. I said, okay, then Steve's the head coach. And the guy was like, no, no, no! And it was like, oh, I guess I didn't really think it through. But that is the point, is that if you punted Bill, who are you turning it over to? Troy Brown, his son, right? Like, you know, and, and quite honestly, Bill's earned the right to ride this out. Like, if, if there is going to be a pass given just in terms of I'm not going to fire you Right in the middle of the season, this would be the year. I think that uh, Robert Kraft would be able to uh, get away with that. Well, he'll be all over it, Tom. I, I agree, Go. but it can't be—it
2: can't be a wholly, completely, and totally unwatchable product as it was the last two. weeks. Oh, look! If they—if they, if they win three, into the
0: yeah, if they win, you know, three or four games or something like that. But yeah, moving on from him now to hand it over to his kid—I don't think a lot of fans would uh, would sign up for. Tommy, thank you, friend. Uh, we'll catch you Thursday okay. with Jones and Mego.
2: Thanks so much, guys. Take care. All right,
0: there we go. There goes uh, Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston.
2: Bleak.